Hello everyone, and welcome to Anime News and Reviews Podcast. This is your host, Speedy, and with me today is Blake. How you do? Colton could not make it today, unfortunately. He had to help with some family stuff. So we will miss him. Uh, he should be back next episode, though, so look for that. Uh, as for this week, it is a news week, so Blake and I will have a few topics uh, to discuss and bring out. Uh, if you missed before, um, we had done the Demon Slayer Entertainment District arc for our last review. Um, we have the first half of that up already. Um, something happened with the audio for the second half, um, so we're going to fix that, and that should be up next week. Uh, but for this week, it'll be news, um, so look for that. Also, the next review we'll do after this is Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid Season 1, as per my recommendation. Um, forcing Colton to watch a slice of life anime brings me joy. Uh... Yeah, slice of life's great. It's one of my favorite genres. Anyway, wholesome serotonin, you know? Oh, yeah. All right, so like I said, uh, today's news, so we will be doing that. And you can find us, of course, Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever, Twitter, Anime News and Reviews Podcast. Sometimes Facebook. Very, yep, well, there's that. That does exist. All right, uh, Blake, start us off. Okay, so... Um... This just in, apparently, Crunchyroll's um, CEO, uh, Chief Executive Officer Colin Decker, has left the company or is at the very least in the process of planning to leave. I'm not sure if it was, you know, outright like a. I'm assuming it's just he's decided to move on to better pastures and looking for something else, or maybe there's like a discrepancy of sort to like some kind of a disagreement possibly between uh, various company members um, but I guess uh, I want to say it's pronounced R- Raul or well so it's R-A-H-U-L yeah, would that be Raul okay right. uh, last Perini. name is yeah Perini yeah so I guess he's in the process of if he hasn't already become the uh new current president yeah he of, was, i believe he was uh, a Crunchyroll specifically. COO. yeah okay yeah so yeah sony pick uh entertainment pictures entertainment they just revealed that on tuesday that uh colin would be leaving their company and that uh yeah uh like before uh raul so he was the uh He's the CEO, yeah, Chief Operating Officer, uh, Funimation, and longtime COO of uh, Crunchyroll. So he'll become the company's new president. Decker, I guess he's going to currently, since his position's been recently updated, uh, I guess he will remain with them for a few weeks during the transition, and then they'll kind of go from there. And I guess Perini, he's known for kind of spearhead, uh, kind of responsible for Crunchyroll's uh, 
normal day-to-day operations as well as a litany of other stuff, business intelligence, analytics, things like that. Um, I believe he joined, it was Funimation originally in 2015. I think he's kind of led them kind of ever since. Uh, specifically in terms of their subscriber base and global expansion. Some good experience. And, uh, yeah, he uh, Perini, he mentioned, I guess he, in a statement, he had said, um, it is an honor and a privilege for me to take on this new role and to drive the next chapter of Crunchyroll forward. Uh, having spent the last seven years involved in nearly every facet of the business and seeing how far they've all come, the opportunity ahead looks bright and that he looks forward to what they will all do together next and how there are uh, so many things that excite him about his new role, but the one thing that stands out is their clear opportunity to accelerate their growth, their size, as well as their love of anime around the world by putting fans and members of the community first and by helping everyone belong. So, yeah, I'd say that's uh, well said. Um, I'm not sure if it's kind of like if there are more people out there that prefer Perini over uh, Decker. I'm not sure if it's, you know, kind of like a Disney situation where it's like, someone who prefers Bob Chappick over like another other CEO member of Disney. You, most people probably are not really aware of a lot of this. Okay. Cause most, cause for you the longest time talking about the CEOs of Crunchyroll or the right. CEO of Foundation. Well, and cause I mentioned this cause there was a, this, this was probably, I think like maybe, Oh man, this may have been like seven, Eight years ago now, I believe, you were taken. It might have been nine, actually. But uh, this was kind of around the time I believe I was in high school and I had started watching on YouTube. There's this one particular channel, and it was called uh, AMC Movie Talk. And uh, there was this one particular reviewer who would kind of really get into it and kind of spearhead the the talk around this kind of this circular table between friends and colleagues who all were passionate about the same stuff movies animation tv shows the whole works video games and uh since it was specifically you know a movie talk show first and foremost so john campia he was actually kind of the one who was kind of leading that whole thing and he was really well versed very articulate with his words and his word choice and just he seemed to be able to naturally kind of bring a lot of people together who had passion for movies and TV and things like that. And I remember following that for a long time. And so I would kind of, that was how I would stay up to date on like all the news with like movies and TV shows and stuff, at least here in the States and stuff like that and entertainment. And so I'd kind of listen to his takes on things, kind of what the most likely rumors that seem the most real and legitimate are coming out of Hollywood, what, we may get in the future TV movie wise or any even animation and stuff like that. And I remember this was specifically, I think like around 2015 when we heard that we were going to be getting uh, 
new Star Wars movies and stuff like that. Because, oh, hey, Disney bought up Star Wars, and everybody was really excited. And then all of a sudden, there's all this talk about Disney CEOs and what's going to happen because we already have the MCU. That's a thing. And we have Kevin Feige and this guy who's used to handling multiple projects to start up a really successful franchise and stuff like that. And then the whole Kathleen Kennedy thing happened, and they really did kind of butcher that attempt. <laughs> At a revival of Star Wars, looking back now that I think about it, it was kind of messy. I like when John Favreau directs things. Oh, John Favreau, he's done an excellent job. Didn't he do uh, Iron Man 1 and 2, or was it just 1? I think he did all three of them, um, didn't he? No, no, no. I don't think he directed the third one. I think someone else directed three. I don't remember he, who. Sure I may have to. 1 and 2. I thought he did yeah, he did well. 1 and 2. Iron Man director, John Favreau. Anyway, he also did The Mandalorian. Okay. Iron Man 2 is John Favreau. And of course he does play Happy, the character. Yep, okay. Happy Hogan. Shane, Shane Black, who worked, helped. Oh, okay, Shane Black. Also helped with the first did. one. Right, okay. So yeah, so Shane Black, he he's another underrated kind of director in Hollywood, in my opinion. Um, is one of his more famous... Yeah, Thanks. and he did that movie. Uh, what was it called? Uh, the Funny Guys that had a uh, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling in it. It was kind of like a buddy oh, yeah. cop movie that was like rated R. That yeah. that was a movie that I thought was fantastic. I just easily one of the most rewatchable movies I've seen in a long time. Like since Scott Pilgrim versus the World, and that's saying something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, Scott Pilgrim versus the World is great. Just, oh my god, one of the most quotable, I mean, the dialogue, the humor, it's very snappy, and it really kind of moves together really well, and the rhythm and the tone and everything, just... It's just mm, a well-made movie. Chips kiss. Now, I will say, in hindsight, though, since it is, you know, 2022, in terms of, like, actual character motivations, a little more sussy, a little more suspect, uh, looking back, but then again, I wasn't exactly paying attention to that kind of stuff back then when I first saw it. Back when you were a teen. Yeah. yeah. God. <laughs> you know, we're turning 26 this year, Blake. I try not to think about it. It may not seem old to some people, but it is to us. No, no, no it's old. It's old, and it's oh, so many depressing things. Approaching 30. We'll get there in a few years. My I may, may, or may not. Who knows? Wild. Anyway. God. <laughs> yeah. So uh, now I this one I'm not sure how to pronounce. Uh, I believe it's the author of a manga. What manga? Uh, I think you know the one I'm about to mention. Okay. The more comedic one. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I believe his name is. Um, is it Ribbon? Ike or Ike? Rabun Ike. Rabun Ike. Okay. Rabun Ike's erotic monk. It's a yaoi referred manga. Referred to as a, yes, a yaoi manga called Dick Fight Island. I am not kidding. Uh, apparently started trending on Twitter uh, the other day. I believe it was actually. That may have been on Monday when it happened, uh, but 
I guess what was going on was uh, <laughs> apparently <laughs> it was approved by SpongeBob SquarePants's uh, very own Squidward Tentacle. <laughs> uh, something about like the recommendation cards for it. There were two separate users, and I guess one of them used by a. Uh, the Squidward from SpongeBob SquarePants recommended it in over a hundred thousand tweets about just this topic, causing it to send the manga into Twitter's trending list. I guess uh, the card itself, it so it read uh, the absolute peak of storytelling. It is a spellbinding tale of warriors battling for supremacy with their girthy sabers. <laughs> The art is beautiful enough to leave a man screaming in ecstasy. <laughs> so eleven out of eleven out of ten would ride the dick fight again. <laughs> so Squidward approved. This this manga is basically a, a like a, a competition between like eight clans or something. Like there's one person of each clan, and they all have a competition, and, and the winner is decided by. If you, whoever has an orgasm first loses. So the last one standing is the winner. <laughs> well, sorry, no. It's the, the person who makes the other orgasm first wins. Sorry. I said oh. So basically, it's these, these uh, guys wow. doing this uh, competition and just try not to, try not to come. You lose Man. <laughs> anyway, it's thank it's God wild. here in the states we have the tradition now of uh, no shave November as well as no nut November. Yeah, that's lame. Yeah, nut all you want. I agree. I think it's a little, a little overrated. But yeah, I guess uh, the author he <laughs> thanked fans for their support. Tuesday night, I believe, or it might have been Tuesday morning. Um, I guess the popularity causing its resurgence from these discussions, it sent the manga's first volume on the top of Amazon's Yaoi manga list. Uh, Yaoi, but that sounds like a very entertaining manga. Not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. A plus. Appreciate it. I believe it's the first current uh, ranking wise as the number one Yaoi uh, manga? Yaoi and LGBTQ plus manga as well as romance manga on Amazon's bestseller That's last amazing. year. I, love I believe. That. I think that was the second volume of it when it was released. It had reached that ranking. And that was in March. Uh, March 8th. <laughs> Of, I believe, last year, I think. Yeah. Let's talk about so. how the mangaka feels, though, because, like, he wrote this as crazy as it is, and this is how well it's doing. It just goes to show. I'd be ecstatic. Like, some of the most interesting concepts around just desire, lust, sex, the works. It. Hey, you can come up with a concept that sounds completely batshit like someone who was horny during an acid trip and apparently make a 
crap ton of money off of it as long as you sprinkled in even so much as just the smallest ounce of passion and you have the resources or people that are willing to help see your vision see the light of day and there you go you do you i just uh, yes yes to simplify you know what you know what i'm gonna read it and i'm gonna tell you how uh oh man (laughs) you have to let me know if it's better than uh the uh the aki anything is no, that's not true. There, there, I can think of immediately a couple that are not. Anyway. Uh, and then, sorry, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Dick Fight Island, it sounds like a really fun manga, actually. Yeah. And then for our third little juicy story here, uh, I believe this is based on. I think it started in Deadline. I think they were like the first to mention rumors of this going on. So basically, uh, for those of you who are familiar with a particular, pop, particularly popular uh, action franchise that kind of may or may not have possibly revived Keanu Reeves' career in Hollywood. Uh, that you may have heard of, called John Wick. So, I believe it's the... (sighs) My understanding was he was possibly the co-creator, but I guess maybe he was the actual, just kind of original creator. I'm still not 100% sure on that, but I believe his name is uh, Derek Kolstad. So, it looks as though he is set to write the script for a potential live-action Streets of Rage movie. So, Streets of Rage, I believe, was a series of, like, uh, two-dimensional, kind of, like, old-school fighting games, but, like, what you would do is you would kind of, like, move your character around these uh, these stages, these maps. I guess they're, yeah, more akin to stages. Um, But, yeah, you could, like, move your character, kind of have them walk up or walk back down, and then they could move, you know, forward or backward, and you could uh, punch and kick and all that jazz, and basically, I don't remember the base plot of it, just that it was, uh, the one I remember playing as a kid growing up, it was on uh, my buddy, uh, who you know, um, Sir Samuel. Uh, I'm Uh, familiar, yes. So, back in the day, uh, he owned a Sega Genesis. Yes, that's it. And uh, so, back in the day, that was actually like one of the first ever, I guess you could say, M-rated games that I ever played as a kid, ever, even before like the first Halo game was uh, that. And really, all that game made me want to do after was just put on like a pair of uh, fingerless gloves and a freaking headband around my head and be like, all right, time to fight some like ninjas or assassins or some shit and just go to town but uh, it was a uh, i remember it was fun to play but i don't remember if we ever actually beat the game and for my understanding is uh, at least depending on which game of streets of rage because i believe it the most recent one was streets of rage 4 so that as a yeah. franchise the games never went past four but for the longest time we only had streets of rage up to streets of rage 3 
And depending on who you ask, I think it was like one of them or maybe a couple of them were referred to as some of the most difficult video games of that time period at that point. Uh, in terms of just beating or trying to achieve like some kind of a certain achievement that you could get and brag about and people would be like oh my god you did that i think it might have been the third game i'm not sure but the fourth uh game actually came out um, yeah the fourth one that was just recent recently yeah and i was like are you serious they revived that old game franchise i used to play as a kid and we're actually getting a, a recent sequel i may have to go back and check it all out but no, I remember from the one I played, I think you could choose between, I think it was like three or four characters. I don't remember their That's names very well, but I, I was always the guy with the blonde hair and the blue headband on, and I really got a kick out of that. And that, Yeah, so I guess uh, Deadline, it was on Monday that they reported this. Uh, so yeah, sort of creator... I think it's his name. I believe that. That sounds right. Uh, I think the woman's name is Blaze, and then there's someone named Adam. Unless Adam is the one you're talking about. And then the evil dude. Yeah. Mr. X. Yes. This was kind of like back during the whole... Because I'm trying to think when that whole... What would you call it? Cyberpunk-esque phase kind of started. Like in the late 80s. Like 88, 89. And then on into the 90s. For the longest time that was kind of the... Trend for like a lot of fiction back then i feel like and if it wasn't yeah. that it was uh we were getting like first person classic games like uh, wolfenstein and doom which would then go on to inspire other games like halo later on in the future so that's a little video game history there um yeah no yeah it was definitely a vibe <laughs> a different time that's for sure um yeah so deadline they kind of mentioned this on monday Allegedly, how Derek Kolstad, uh, creator of the John Wick franchise, set to write the script for a possible live-action adaptation of Sega's Streets of Rage. Um, I feel like that could go either way. Uh, once again, this is the guy who once again did John Wick, which are kind of known famously for being very kind of, or at least they try to be these uh, be almost side-scrolling beat 'em up. Yeah, well. So they try to do like a, because with John Wick, it's like, it's famous mainly for being number one, Keanu Reeves, being a total badass. Two, it's usually a pretty hard R rated action film, which, I mean, nothing wrong with that. I mean, to quote uh, the character of Jim Halpert from The Office here, uh, everybody knows MRA games are more fun. I mean, that's just logic. Most of the time, and they're usually the most fun. Or at the very least, they're the most popular and for good reason, because a lot of people enjoyed them because they were silly, they were ridiculous, you'd lose yourself in them and not take them seriously, and most people, even kids, were able to, you know, understand the difference between fiction and reality. Because you got people out there who think, oh, if someone plays violent video games, they're going to turn out violent in reality, and it's like, no, no, it's actually kind of more of a psychological thing, if they're already kind of screwed up or susceptible to psychological problems in the future because of hereditary reasons and whatnot, then yeah, they probably are going to be more likely if they are exposed to something like that. But most people, it's that's just not the case. That's fair. But yeah, I'm 
I'm kind of excited to see where this goes. Um, I never thought we would get <laughs> a movie based on Streets of Rage. I honestly thought we would just get the three games that we got and that was it. And I kind of laid it to bed and laid it to rest. Just kind of never hoped for any kind of a resurgence for that franchise. And then we got uh, the fourth one in uh, 2020, as you mentioned. And, uh, yeah, I'm kind of actually curious to see how this goes. Um, hopefully, if it does move forward, he's he or whoever all is involved in the project are allowed the freedom necessary to make it. So, in terms of rating, because it may very well have to be R, if they want to really go for it. I mean, I'm sure it'd be hopefully good regardless, depending on who's behind the camera, uh, who's directing it and all that. But, uh, I don't know. They may choose to go woke with it, even though I don't see why they'd really need to, given the character roster. That's fair. As long as they kind of stick to those three main characters specifically. Four if you got them. So... Yeah, because it's like at that point, it's like you really don't even need to, because literally it's like all right there as far as the whole representation thing goes. I guess it's just a matter of making sure that you balance the amount of screen time that each of the characters gets so that they all feel as developed as possible. And then if they're not able to finish that in one film, like I said, and it becomes popular, and as long as people like and enjoy it, then they can do a film for the other two uh, games as well, and then... Or I guess now technically it'd be the three other games. And who knows? So yeah, if you're a Streets of Rage fan, uh, this could be something worth getting excited over. If not, then uh, you can just continue on about your day and you'll be just fine. All right. And then I believe the last bit that I had... Uh, where did I see it? Where did you see it? I'm packed and I'm holding. Third eye blind. Okay, here's the last bit. Uh, so, No More Heroes 3. I guess they announced the game a while back. And if I'm not mistaken, I thought the first two were originally uh, made specifically for the Wii way back in the day for Nintendo. Wii. And, man, that was like a... Oh, that's a whole other thing, too. Just You want to talk about a blast from the past? Holy cow. <laughs> Just seeing all the advertisements for it and like all the old video game magazines from back in the day and all the games they were trying oh, yeah. to sell to us. And I remember Ah, oh, man, I remember some of the games that looked really cool that I always wanted to try on the Wii, but because of how wonky the control schemes were for a lot of those games, I just ended up avoiding it kind of altogether, and I was like, well, if I can't do it with a controller, I guess I'm out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think it was like, uh, what was it, Red? Porting the controller. Yeah. Well, because I remember they had, it was Red Steel... And Red Steel 2, like, those were the two big ones that kind of people were excited to play on there. And then I thought at one point in time they did Raymond Raving Rabbits or Rabbids, something like that. Probably. And that was a silly one. And then 
and then yeah uh no more heroes that was one i believe it was a it's kind of like from a third person perspective kind of action fighting game and it was rated m for reasons because i was pretty i'm pretty sure you were able to uh dismember like a lot of your enemy characters that you come across throughout the game that try to attack you and stop you and you had this like kind of like a lightsaber is like an energy sword of sorts and that's kind of like his main weapon that he's known for using uh, the main character i don't remember his name specifically but once again i've never played the series but this definitely looks interesting uh because this time around i don't remember if the second one ever got the chance to arrive on other console systems um I guess it's saying here, uh, I guess, yeah, so it was originally the first No More Heroes for the Wii. This was, that was, I believe, 2007, and then I guess at a later point they did a version of it for 360 and PlayStation 3, and then the sequel uh, 2, titled Desperate Struggle. And then that was also for the Wii, and then back in, I think, 2010, and then we got HD versions for the first game and the second game that were made for PC. That was June 9th of... I want to say it was June 9th of possibly 2010 or maybe 2011 when we got those, at least over here in North America. And then there was another one apparently called Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes came out on the switch over here in north america and then europe in january 2019 and then was later given a release on pc and playstation 4 later in october of that same year so that's interesting yeah travis now that i remember yeah so i believe that's the main character uh it's definitely kind of a you don't really need to take it seriously because it's to me it always felt like it was kind of more of a very comedic kind of over the top on purpose kind of game franchise and now that I am looking at some of the uh, additions for the game here uh, because it looks like it's getting a physical release on PS5 PS4 and I believe either Xbox One or Xbox series yeah xbox series one xbox series x and it looks like there's a potential collector's edition here and from what i can tell it looks like there's a soundtrack that comes with it with like a cd digipack that i'm really digging here and it looks like the artwork is mimicking the uh, akira film art of him walking over to his bike <laughs> cool. so i can definitely dig that yeah yeah, so it looks like it's getting a day one edition for both the Xbox and the versions for the Xbox and PlayStation. And then there's going to be a box with new original illustrations by series artist Yusuke Kozaki. Nice. A 70 page art book as well. And yep, a audio cd of the game soundtrack so that's exactly what i thought it was and then there's a santa destroy 
commemorative biker license plate that is a 7x4 biker license plate that it says Mo on it, M-O-E. Moe. And then no more. Yeah, Moe. Kind of like cute. It's like a slave. <laughs> Uh, well, I guess the third game, so it already has launched on, uh, the Switch, uh, that was, yeah, it says it launched August 27th, originally, on the Switch, and so I guess now we're only recently getting, a console version, I'm assuming that's maybe, like, a port to all these other consoles, hopefully it, it actually runs really well and it's pretty smooth, I guess, Xseed Games are the ones that are announcing, making the announcement, and are possibly going to be the ones behind the release, I believe. Or well, no, that so they're the ones describing the announcement. They're the ones who announced it, and then Grasshopper manufacturers. So they're the ones behind the third game. But yeah, so Xseed Games will release it um, here to at least North America, for the consoles mentioned. Oh, it looks like also uh, the Xbox Series S will be getting in on it as well. Also PC through <clears throat> Steam and the uh, Microsoft Windows Store. And that will be in the fall of 2022, I believe. So I'm assuming it's going to be at least up for a pre-order here. But XC Games did provide a kind of main overall description for it uh and the description being um being the number one assassin in the world and number one assassin in the world air quotes there isn't what it used to be otaku hero otaku hero travis touchdown is back once more forced out of retirement to defend santa destroy or santa destroy probably and Earth, in an intergalactic test of might while proving he's more than just a washed-up has-been who talks to his cat. Warm up those beam katanas, tighten the all-new death glove, and get ready to partake in outrageous boss battles against the evil prince, Foo, and that's F-U in all caps, <laughs> and his nine alien henchmen as Travis fights his way to help as Travis fights his way to the top of the galactic superhero rankings. That's a wild description. Yeah, so this is definitely going to be another potentially uh, batshit crazy story here. <laughs> but uh, as far as I understand it from the people who did get a chance to play these games, at least the first two and then everything else up to this point, I, I would assume they were pretty pleased with it and enjoyed it quite a bit. It's managed to uh, persisted this long into a third official game, so I the vibe I always kind of got from it was it was like a very more intense like version of Lollipop Chainsaw Interesting It's kind of the vibe that I got from it But it's always a game that kind of had my attention, but once again I just never really got the chance to play it because for the longest time, it was like only for Nintendo, and then by the time the stuff came to the consoles, it was like I've already moved on to other pastures, <laughs> looking at other games or once again other consoles and stuff. And so I just never really got the chance to play them. Um, 
hopefully with this release they'll actually kind of maybe do like a remaster or if not a remaster then just kind of a sort of like a reselling of the other games in the franchise and the series and they'll just bring them to consoles now after the success hopefully of this third game and they'll just kind of be like okay well now we're gonna sell you this kind of like what they did with the mafia franchise the mafia games and just be like okay well now you can pre-orders open for the ps4 and ps5 versions of no more heroes one and then no more heroes two and same for the xbox and pc versions so that'd be kind of cool if that never happened but uh yeah i guess be on the lookout for that folks if you're a fan of no more heroes the uh franchise making a little comeback and that for people that are happy about it yeah so uh never a bad thing as far as i understand it that's fair but uh yeah if you want to give it a shot your prerogative by all means go for it and uh, check it out that I believe is all I have okay um, then I suppose it's my turn yes sir um, indeed it I is had, uh, one piece live action news um, but unfortunately not yet oh, I mean yeah. there, there are more cast members but Wait, wait on that. Although, I will say, um, Vincent Reagan is playing Garp, and he looks like he could play a good Garp. So I'm happy about that. Um, however, I do I do say, uh, Netflix has a Geeked Week. I don't know if you knew that, Blake. Have a what? Geeked Week is what it's called. Um, huh. Yeah. Uh, and it's basically a week of like a bunch of in- Netflix information interesting um i don't know how geeky it is supposed to be but uh there's hints that um one piece will have information during that week so live action or uh live action just the live oh, okay i was about Maybe. to say and it's it's about netflix so it's probably live action right so hopefully uh i don't know we might we might do one uh, an episode at the end of the week for that week and we can cover things like that because it's like a Monday to Friday, I think. So we could do it like that Saturday or something. Friday, maybe. I don't know. You work weird. All right. Uh, now my actual. Thursday to Sunday. Um, so the first thing is Demon Slayer. Um, as our listeners know, we finished the entertainment arc. Oh, yeah. It. Um, that was season two. Um, they've announced season three. There's no release date for it, but they did put out a trailer for season three. Um, and it does look like there's some original animations in it. Yeah. Um, it's the Swordsmith Village arc, like it should be. I, everyone kind of knew that. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if they're if they're just doing the Swordsmith Village or if they're going to include the training, because the training is not that long, but they might wait until season four to do the training arc. Oh yeah, if they want to make sure they have as much content as possible, I feel just like, kind of. Yeah, but I just I don't know. I feel like it'd be a good ending, but I don't know. Uh, Swordsmith Village arc. Um, we see um, two of the Hashira. Uh, Mist and the Love Hashira, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, uh, the Mist is Muichiro Tokito, 
And the love Hashira is Mitsuri, Kanroji. You can just call her Mitsuri. She has one of the most interesting swords I have ever oh, just wait. seen. Just wait I'm just like, how the, how the hell do you fight with that thing? <laughs> but yeah, the, focus, the, the Hashira will be uh, Muichiro and Mitsuri. So there you go, two new ones. Um, with the way the entertainment district arced with uh, Obanai, the serpent one, snake dude, you'd think he'd be in it, but nope, not yet. We'll see him later. Um, but yeah, I like that they've like introduced the way the author did it was like each arc introduces different Hashira. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, oh, it seems shows like... them. So they're. Now, anime viewers know that they will be in this arc. What were you going to say? Right. Uh, well, it seems to me like, yeah, so they, they'll do an arc, they'll use it to introduce audiences to the Hashira as well as the characters in the story to new Hashira outside of that one particular moment in season one where they're all there and it's kind of like this trial of sorts. Um, I think that's interesting how they'll be introducing them kind of like that or sort of like that. And then so on top of that, we're being introduced to Hashira. And then sometimes we're also being introduced to the upper demons as well. So kind of all the big bad demons of Muzan, Kibutsuji's circle of. There uh, are only five left. Strongest demons. Yeah, no, it's actually low key kind of terrifying. I'm like, I really don't want to see the series end so soon. I'm curious to see if they'll... I don't know if the author ever said he'd try to continue the franchise onward into like a spinoff or something if he really wanted to, or if it's just, no, that's it. I um, haven't been paying attention to that, uh, so I haven't really heard anything. That's fair. If you hear music in the background, or music, noise in the background, I'm sorry. Um, no, you're... Yeah. Um, but yeah, the uh, trailer for C- Season 3, Swordsmith to Village Arc of Demon Slayer, is out. Uh, you can just go to YouTube, find it, and watch it. It's great. Uh, so yeah. I do find the fact that there's actual original footage in this trailer. That tells me, and I'm sure some others have probably mentioned it in like comments on YouTube pages or other media pages around that trailer and just around the news of it in general. Um, but just seeing that there's original animations to it that looks like potentially some scenes or some pieces of animation that we will see in this new season. Well, yeah, they animate, they <laughs> tells me animate that. trailers before they, you know, really animate yeah. the series. Well, yeah. Well, so this tells me, hopefully, either it's just, either it's animation for the trailer, or maybe they're a little further along in their animation than we were aware of. Maybe, like, they had another team that was kind of same groups of people working for the same company, but just kind of like a separate team that was working on this in tandem with maybe the other team that did like the Mugen train and the entertainment district arc. So that way they could maybe have like a better flow in terms of like release schedule to kind of keep the audiences satiated and wanting more. I assume that, uh, hope is that it'll, this is a sign that it'll come out earlier rather than later, but we'll see. I assume that they just animated a trailer and then might use some of the animations from the trailer for the season. Right. All right copy and paste you know we'll see it do be like that sometimes uh the other thing i had another thing i had is spy family um i love spy family i i've been watching both the english and japanese dubs of it as well as i read the entire manga the day i watched the first episode 
it's not very long. It was six to two chapters, but um, <clears throat> it's uh, it's really good. It's really wholesome, but also it's wholesome and fun, but also like has serious moments because the father is a spy, the mother is an assassin, the child has telepathy. No is it knows. only sixty two chapters? Currently, it's ongoing. Oh, okay, so it's ongoing. Okay, so they haven't canceled it. Six, the sixty oh, second okay. or third, maybe sixty three now. I don't know. A new chapter came out last weekend. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That. Uh, but that started. Uh. Not last weekend, but the weekend before that. Last weekend was the English dub, actually. Ooh. Yeah. Um. As well as episode two, where we meet the mother, Yor. She is. Awesome. It's about as simple as I can put it. She's amazing. She's. <laughs> Watch the show, Blake. I honestly did see, I think it was one trailer for it. It might have been like a, just like a 30 second teaser or like a stinger for one of the episodes. And it might, it was either episode one or it might have been episode two, but I could have sworn in one of them. It definitely looked like there were moments in it where it was kind of like building the romance between the, what's supposed to be the dad of the family and then the mom. I'm pretty sure they're going to be real by the end of it. Which, yeah, I'm kind of. <laughs> That, that'd be curious to me is if they find a way to spin it into something like that where it's there these dark serious moments where they kind of try to make you think oh my god is one of them gonna die I couldn't bear it and then flipping back from back and forth between that and then the whole will they won't they kind of giving mean, people another fictional couple to ship which it's it's it's, it's really fun like you're not really gonna expect either of them are gonna die because <clears throat> I mean, giving the job, sure, but the father is literally titled the world's greatest spy. And the mother is... We haven't seen many assassins, but boy, is she probably one of the best. Oh, man. Well, uh, I just want to point out, it's, it's minor, kind of minor spoiler in the right? manga, she uh, was chasing a car and then kicked it into what? a wall while it was driving. What? <laughs> What? <laughs> she has. Is she's just, very strong. Is it just her heel? Is that strong? The material that it's made of. She, her legs like, are very strong. She has very powerful legs. So she, she never skipped leg her. day. She, she just. Not. That was her focus. That was her focus was legs, and everything else branches out from that. <laughs> it was God. a very. It was a very great panel where she just kicks the car off on the, the side of it as it's trying as it's driving. She just like gets to it and kicks it and then it just crashes and then she calls the police yeah there's been a crash it's great god watch watch the series blake i i'm definitely considering it i'm considering watching it i'm thinking about maybe just reading one punch man online as well just because i guess there's like all this hype building up around it and i keep seeing it showing up in my recommended page is it i don't really know how much is left i haven't read in like well, I guess too, with One Punch, I guess the main thing is so they're kind of building up to this fight between Saitama and is it Goro? Gero? Uh, and then, Garo. yeah, and then the mystery surrounding God as a character in the series yeah. specifically, this being that's referred to as God, which yeah. they keep teasing it like Blast and him and these cubes that are tied to him and him like going on this intergalactic mission to find as many of these cubes as possible in the hopes of using them to somehow maybe understand him or defeat him if he becomes a threat 
I don't know. I think it'd be cool. The last thing I read was pretty much the end of the fight with Garo. Okay. It was... Because all I've seen is kind of like the start of the fight between him and Garo and how it ends, which... I think that's what they're kind of doing right now is they're kind of building up to the end of the fight between the two of them and then setting that in motion and then kind of going from there. But yeah, I'm pretty sure content-wise there's probably not much left as far as like main arcs go. I think that is kind of the last bit is just God and him becoming an enemy. They, I thought I saw something at one point where it was like, a, what the hell was it? Uh, platinum something? It was like supposed to be this like big S-tier monster, like Platinum, was it Sperm? Yeah. And I was like, what the hell is that, he number is one? really strong. <laughs> God. But is he still alive, or is he... Did I'm they beat him in fight, or we yet to see him? Anything, because that okay. is called a spoiler. Damn it. Sorry, <laughs> it's fair. Anyway, back to Spy Family. I also wanted to mention that it's ranked on uh, Mal, my anime list, Mal. It is ranked number three. Oh. And score. It has a 9.09 because a lot of people like it. And of course, people that are really big fans of the show are going to give it like 10s and stuff. But it'll probably go down as most series do thanks to two fan bases. Oh, no. Do I even want to know? And number one tend to not like when people surpass or get too close respectively so they will literally downvote anime that do that or not down well they'll downvote but also leave bad bad reviews anyway it it is what it is we don't look at mal as a all-encompassing determiner factor that what is a good anime and what is not because i you know i like number one but i don't think it's the greatest I don't even like number four. I'm not sure if you know what number what anime they are, but oh no, no, I I don't believe I do. Uh, number one on my anime list is Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and number four is Attack on Titan. Ah, yeah. Anyway, four well, one I can definitely agree with. I yeah. think Brotherhood was just a really fantastic I think series. It's it's good. I, the animation's really great. You know, it was well made. I think my whole thing was mainly. I think the ending, depending on some certain choices, it might have been a little better, depending on which way they went with it. And also, I feel like, other than that, and this is probably just more of a nitpick really than anything else, but it was just that it felt a little short to me. But maybe that was for its benefit, you know? Maybe. Uh, number two is Gintama. Ooh, that's a so interesting. Should, that's should, a series I considered starting, actually. Yeah, that's good. I, I should point out season three, part two of Attack on Titan is number four. Ah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. What was, what was number two? Uh, Gintama. Gintama? Okay. And Spy Family is currently in three. We'll see what happens. Three. These things change all the time. Except yeah, that, that's, that's interesting. Um, that is definitely <laughs> interesting. But yeah, watch Spy Family. I recommend it. I think it's really good. I like wholesome as well as awesome things. Yes, I... Well, so for me, it's kind of... Yes, I love wholesome. I love when the comedy is done right. Yeah. And it's just the timing of it. Like, once again, for me, I know there are probably some people out there who would disagree or who just have a different view of comedy. But for me, nothing's really off the table as far as comedy goes like you could make a joke about literally anything to me and i'll be like 
Yeah, I'm probably gonna find something to laugh at there. <laughs> so if you don't propose using the pin of a grenade that you just threw at enemies, are you really doing it right? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, uh, one more thing before I talk about a couple One Piece things. Um, Dragon Ball Super, uh, the new film Superhero. Is it hero or is it hero hero? Like I've seen versions where it has super. hero in it twice. It is... Or is it super super? It's 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 Dragon Ball Super, as the series. Okay. Superhero is the title of the film. Okay, so that's where the all right. Okay. Yeah. So when you do it kind of all in one go, it's Dragon, Dragon Ball, Ball super, super superhero. superhero. Yeah. <laughs> but Dragon Ball Super is a series, and the title of the movie is Superhero. Yeah. So is Weird. it is is this film supposed to be canon? To the story or is it just kind of like its own little um uh toriyama isn't is doing the screenplay so i'm going to assume um oh he's also writing lines of dialogue as he's writing a lot of it so i'm going to assume it's it's canon it takes place okay. uh, after broly i believe okay um I don't know where it stands in the current manga, but it takes place after Broly. Um, right. Anyway, uh, because of the hack stuff, it had been delayed, and they have rescheduled yeah. it for June 11th in Japan. And Super is still an ongoing series, manga-wise, at least, right? Yes. Like, they're still... Every month. Okay. Okay. And Bardock is being important and involved Sweet. in the series. Goku knows who his father is now. It's so good. Oh, it's literally what oh, I've been waiting for for... 20 years chef's kiss yeah bardock is tied for my favorite character and that's so, fair him and Whis. that is very fair and louise he's is great <laughs> ian sinclair voices him perfectly anyway so yeah june 11th is when it will be released in japan uh we don't have an american date yet but i promise you I, once we find out i will get it to you because I will be buying tickets and watching it myself. <laughs> All right, One Piece now time. Yayo, yayo. So first, uh, One Piece episode 1014. Um, now that the hack has been resolved and everything, they've started back with One Piece's weekly episodes. Uh, 1014 was this past weekend. Um, it, it involves Ace uh, even more. You know, because Ace has a... a, that's, a, a, a that's what I heard, was that it had something to do with him and something, his yeah. Wano and the importance of it to him, or yeah. Wano's, Ace's importance to Wano, I, I don't know. Yes, both. Okay. It's it's more what Wano, like, meant to Ace, as, a, like, and what he wanted to do, Person. as well as, like, the people that saw him, like, Yamato and Tama. Ah, uh, oh man, that means this is going to be a tearjerker, isn't it? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. I just like it. I'm, I'm sad he's his dad, but I like Sabo more personally. It's fine, whatever. Wow. <laughs> anyway, oh man, Colton's not going to like it if he hears you say that. Oh, I, I like Sabo better. It's fine. I like Ace, he's good. He just, just didn't really have a lot with him, you know? He was in uh, Alabaster for, like, three chapters. Yeah, and they criminally underused him. Yeah, that's some bullshit. They just they did not use him enough, in my opinion. Yeah, it's okay, though. 
he had he had his role and his hole all right uh then the other one piece thing which is actually my last thing is to talk about one piece film red which will be releasing august 6th of this year in japan i will also be seeing this so when it's in america i will also let you know this one Let's say for a bit there, I was like, wait, wait, are you actually going to go all the way to Japan just to watch that movie? <laughs> I would go to Japan for less, so yes. That's fair. I would actually probably go just for the Kit Kats alone. I, those are good Kit Kats. Seeing all those flavors. Um, also, first, the ramen oh, machines. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all the vending machines. Japan has a lot of it. Oh, yeah, no. Well, because just the, I, I saw a video that showed up. snacks, ramen. Yeah, I saw it. It was a recommended, and it was... Just yeah, it was like a vending machine, but it was specifically for ramen, and I was like, okay, look, as long as they have the Nong Shim brand Shin Black Ramen, I because that's just to me that is the best like <laughs> as far as like the microwavable ramen brands go, that has got to be like the best I've ever had. It's it is fantastic. Anyway, uh, but yeah, no, I, one piece oh. from Red Blake. Yes, so Red. Uh, character designs a, w- a little while ago. Um, so, uh, like the Straw Hats and uh, the main... I don't know if she... Is she the villain? She's... Well, there's like a girl that I remember a supposed to be. Yes. Who, uh, is she like his daughter or something? She is it's important because she is... Uh, first of all, her name is Uta. Uta. She is said to be the world's greatest diva. Uta is Japanese for song. Song. Okay, so is she like a song so diva? She, she is or... she's a, an idol. She's a singer. Like uh, okay. And, okay. Uh, there. She was in the teaser trailer too, and it was revealed uh, by Shanks that she is his daughter. He call huh. he calls her his daughter. In, in the calls trailer. her his daughter, a daughter that's a diva, but she is the world's greatest diva. That's what it says. What does that even mean? What does that in the world? But yes, she is Shanks' daughter. She's she's like the most popular celebrity. Don't know who the mother is. Wow. So anyway, yeah. Does this mean Shanks' villain confirmed conspiracy theory? Do 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 do. We'll find out maybe. (laughs) That that seems to be the theory. That's the theory I keep getting is that people keep saying Shanks has low-key been a villain this entire time. I'm like, why do y'all keep wanting to run with that? Yeah, a lot of people think Shanks is going to be a villain. Or that's going to be the big twist is... At the very least, they think there's this evil side of Shanks. And I'm not going to say there isn't, but I don't don't believe it will be. But I could be wrong. It'll be interesting if they went that route. I just don't uh... see why he would. Right. As little as we've seen, and as almost nothing we know of him, you can't just flat out say, "Yeah, Shakes is going to be evil." Anyway, it literally just sorry. conclusions being jumped because of there, the there, beginning forgot, of the show. There, there is a villain, dude. Um, I forgot about. Oh him. no! I forgot about him because he looks stupid. <laughs> Are we talking just like poor design altogether, or just? No, he's he's designed this way on purpose. I mean. Oh okay. Have you not seen it? Potentially someone to love to hate, or... Because those are the best villains. I don't know his personality. Bummer. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, uh, look for that. Uh, like I said, it comes out in August 6th in Japan. So once we get dates for an American theater release, I will share that. Um, so look forward to it. Yeah. I also want to mention that the uh, costume, uh, costumes of these characters are very, very, very piratey. <laughs> also, that, I think the villain's accurate. name is Gordon or something like that. I think he's the villain. I could be wrong about that. Is too. it Gordo or Gorgo? Gordon. Gordon. Yeah. Anyway. See, I hear Gordon and I about the movie. jumps to a Half-Life for me. Interesting. Gordon Freeman. There, there was a visual that showed Uta, and she had a like a sentence. Uh, uh, what was it? It was Ne Rufi Kazuku Yami no Yo, which is uh, Hey Luffy, stop being a pirate. What? So that's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming Does she, Luffy stop being I'm a pirate? She, Does his uh, end here? Been, been abandoned by her father. Uh, and has <laughs> a hatred for a pirates. Strong liking of pirates. That's not her father. I don't know. We'll see. We don't know much. Like I said, we're we're being uh, released information every now and then. But yeah, One Piece Film Red. I'm excited for it. Um, and that was uh, the rest of what I had. So I am I'm done now. That's fair. Uh, is it supposed to be? Well, because I know they had like a lot of other one piece uh animated movies in the past that i don't believe were canon no, so is this supposed no. to be canon or is this a potentially another non-canon none of, just none kind of, of the one piece, none of the one piece movies are canon there are some canon characters like shiki and i th- maybe maybe zephyr i don't i don't remember if he's canon or not uh, right. i don't remember bullet either but um shiki is definitely canon so there are canon characters in movies but the movies themselves are not canon Okay. Um, as for this one, we haven't heard anything about the canonical degree of this or not, so we'll just oh, we'll wait. Gosh, darn it! Yeah, I'll let you know if we ever find out. We okay, just, we just cool. don't know. It's hard to say because we don't know anything about Shakes anyway in the manga. So this having a movie dedicated him, dedicated to him is, I don't know. You know, I almost, I, I, I really don't want to say it. Can really, because it, it needs to follow the manga for camera. Right. Like, well, I have a really funny feeling this movie's just not going to reveal anything about him, other than literally <laughs> the only thing being, well, it turns out I have this person who is my daughter or who is like my daughter, and if then that's it. If it's not canon, then I can assume that the characters are, are canon, kind of like Shiki is. Like, I, like, Uta probably will be a canon character. Right. Like there, Shanks probably really has a daughter canonically, but whether or not you know, she meets Luffy canonically, I don't know. We'll see. Like I said, though, the whole movie could be canon for all I know. I don't know. Um, maybe after Wano, it's red. <laughs> We're still in Wano though. Wano is ending. Ending. Chapter ten forty seven comes out this Sunday. And that's it. We're approaching the end. No. Oh my god. I don't think it'll finish on 1047. Is Big Mom still an enemy or an ally or what the hell's going on I there? T- I can tell you what happened to Big Mom after this podcast episode because I don't okay, want to spoil cool. it for people. We're done anyway. But uh, So thanks for listening. Um, this, hey, has been an- <laughs> this has been Anime News and Reviews Podcast. Uh, you can find us Spotify, Google, Apple, 
Twitter, search Anime News and Reviews. You should be able to find us. Uh, like I said, this week was news. Um, Entertainment District Part 2 had a little mess up with the audio. I should hopefully have that fixed for next week, and I'll put that out then. Um, also, the next review is Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid Season 1. Yep. Um, so, like I said before, thank you for listening. <laughs>